Well, hello and welcome to the Caledonian Kings Wrestling Podcast. This is episode six, I believe. Um, and we're going to do a little bit of Elimination Chamber today. Of course, I'm Mark. I'm here with Stuart. How are you doing, buddy? Very well, as always, Mark. How are you doing? Aye, good, mate. Good. Um, did you enjoy my pick this time round? I, I surprisingly did. Uh, <laughs> it was very, very surprising, to say the least. Uh, obviously, it's the first ever uh, Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. We're now in the 10, 10-year anniversary of the event. Uh, yeah, this was... event happened on uh, February 21st, 2010, so we're, we're, we're just a wee bit beyond the, the 10 years. Um, but this is the first Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, of course. The Chamber itself was created in 2002, I believe, Yes. Um, by Kayfabe, Eric Bischoff. Oh, I yes. believe it was actually Triple H um, who wrote the idea on a napkin. <laughs> <laughs> of course um, he'd take the credit, I couldn't. Oh, of course he would. I, um, the name of this pay-per-view, um, obviously Elimination Chamber, was actually decided um, by, by a WWE poll. Um, they had a poll because there was no way out for many years up until this point yep. and they wanted to change it and they had a few other names in there which were, were quite unique I'm, I'm going to round these off to you because I've never heard this before um, until I've done a wee bit of research but um, the losing names were Heavy Metal Oh dear. Battle Chamber. Oh, Jesus. Chamber of Conflict. Wow. <laughs> and then Elimination Chamber, which won the poll. Uh, no, it was actually still on there as well, but Elimination Chamber took the win. Um, so that sort of glorified this event, um, took over um, from No Way Out, which was a mainstay, really. In WWE, yeah, you say. yeah, definitely. And I don't like gimmick named pay per view shows. I don't like the name of like kind of Hell in a Cell. Money in the bank. I don't like a pay per view named after a gimmick match. It seems lazy, doesn't it? It seems lazy, and it also should suggest that every match on the card is inside the chamber, and every yeah. match should be inside the Hell in a Cell, etc. It doesn't work. It does not, so it's stupid, and they should go back to nobody out. Yes. Um, also, um, the only place this was known as, not known as Elimination Chamber was in Germany, where they called it No Way Out, for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Historical when, tensions. Are... Yeah, whenever, whenever you look up Elimination Chamber, it always says No Way Out in brackets. Yeah. Um, just to, just to, so it's not, you know. But obviously, when you, when they watch the show, I mean, everyone still says Elimination Chamber on the show, so it's, it's not really covering their tracks very well. I think it's just for the advertising. Yeah, just for promotional purposes, for, yeah, local advertising yeah. and stuff like that on the, on, on, the, on the TV and stuff like that. They might... Um, I think maybe these days they'd maybe blur out everywhere that says Elimination Chamber because they do it f- uh, on the network for when the WWF pads are starting to turn off and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so that's I mean, true, yeah. It's not as if it would take away from what's going on in the ring. It would just be the the apron and maybe... Well, they don't even have it up at the ramp anymore, do they? It would literally just be the ring aprons that you'd need to... Yeah, and you, you can't actually see that when the chamber's down. So, um, so we're on the road to WrestleMania 26 here. Um, obviously, we get an opening video package. This, this show's about the two championships, the World Heavyweight Championship and the WWE Championship. Both matches will be both titles, sorry, will be defended in L- Elimination Chamber matches, and the winner will take the title into WrestleMania. That's the storyline of the pay-per-view. Um, so we're live, St. Louis, Missouri, um, in the Scott Trade se- uh, Arena. Uh, I sell it at about seventeen thousand. I think they said more on the night, but what I've seen is seventeen thousand. Seventeen thousand so, is the numbers I had as well. Yeah, so I think um, they're be at their usual there. <laughs> um, yeah, two hundred eighty-seven thousand worldwide pay-per-view buys. Um, a live gate of about $850,000, um, about £4.7 million in pay-per-view revenue, which is the highest pay-per-view of that year. Not um, bad. Not bad at not all. Not bad at all. Looking at the talent across the roster at this time, they weren't, they weren't exactly... No, uh, no. You know, um, not bad, not bad. Yeah, it wasn't a bad pay-per-view. Uh, I think it was up 15,000 buys for the, no way out the year prior, so hmm. um, it seems to be doing well. Raw ratings are around 3.6. Um, 
at the time, which is still pretty decent. Um, you see all. where they are now. I think that just uh, last week's was two point two here <laughs> in the present. So yeah, I remember this time in wrestling being like horrendous. I think this is around about the time where I started watching DNA again. Yeah, yeah. I WWE was really, I thought it was really poor at this time. Yeah. There wasn't much depth. It was lost at all. You very, know? very much targeted towards kids at this time. Like they yeah. really went full swing uh, in the PG era. This just about to jump into that. <clears throat> Obviously, you still yeah. guys like Cannabis are kicking about. Aye, but I thought I sort of think we're, we're past the transition. I think the transition was 09, maybe September yeah, time. Um, I think you maybe heard the story of Batista and uh, Jericho in the cage. Um, and, and Batista gets some colour yeah. um, and he gets fined 100 grand because it just um, went PG. And the ref and Jericho gets fined, but Batista. Yeah, played. and Malenko as well. Malenko as well, yeah. Then yeah. Big Dave took the. Fits the bill. <laughs> what a, <laughs> nah, what a guy. Like, <laughs> we'll talk about him uh, soon. Yeah, so we get an open pyro um, and a nice unique set for the Chamber pay-per-view, which I actually really like this yeah. set. Um, obviously, a bit, still really modernised with the LCD LED screens and stuff like that, um, but, but very, very nice and shows that they can, they can put an effort when they like to. Yeah, you know? an- anything that's <laughs> not the generic uh, Raw Titantron, I'm always happy to see a pay-per-view. Yeah. Commentary team, uh, Jerry Lawler, Michael Cole and Matt Stryker. Fucking um, awesome. Makes his debut <laughs> yes. on the podcast. <laughs> he is... At this time, he was the best commentator around, and he has got some lines during the night. <laughs> He's great this night, and you know what? Big fuck it. I'm gonna I'm gonna shit on Lawler and Cole at some point because they just sandbag a lot of them. Um, you know, they, when, they when he's calling moves and he's, yes. he's calling psychology out, and they're just they're not sandbagging it. But Striker and... does retort and gives Lawler some comeuppance yeah. later and on. He, in he retorts night. intelligently. Yes, you know he's, he's not just oh screw you. He's he's actually. What, you know, working and it's really, really good. And I, good. I, I've always liked Striker, and I think you always agreed with me on that. Um, we actually met him, didn't we, in Edinburgh once? Um, yes, we did. Matt Striker, um, lovely fella. Was that Ring of Honor? No, that'd have been uh, WCPW when he was running commentary. That's um, where it would have been. In yeah, the crowd guy. Dreadful because there was no alcohol at the event. Yeah, and it was like two in the afternoon on a Sunday. <laughs> oh, well, prime time yeah. for wrestling. <laughs> I, I think the Rumble was that night or something like that. It was like, oh, anyway. So um, we get the your favourite, the chamber starts to lower and we get the music. <laughs> so this actually is on one of the WWE's Uncaged albums. Uh, for, oh, isn't it? For anyone that wants to go and listen to it, because it's amazing. Um, it's on Uncaged 9 and it's called Imminent Danger. Is, it, is, it, is that what you play over the microwave when you've got something in the microwave? Just dun, 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 dun. It's also my alarm clock in the morning. <laughs> it's also my bedtime jingle. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, so um, all six men in the first match, which is for the WWE Championship, I've had qualifying matches to get there, which I like. Um, I thought it'd be nice to touch on that. I, I enjoy that. Um, and I've had some back and forth matches throughout Raw throughout the weeks. Um, so we get John Cena um, entering first. Big match, John, in the big, mm-hmm. big cage. <laughs> um, we get Ted DiBiase Jr. Um, what's he doing in the main event? Well, he's not in the uh, main event, but what's he doing in the world title picture? What's he doing? Aye, aye. Um, I think this goes to show how short the roster was at times. Um, Randy Orton's in there, Triple H, Kofi Kingston, and the WWE champion, Sheamus. Um, did you take a note of Orton's entrance time? I did. I did not, actually. <laughs> Two minutes, four seconds. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Uh, so that's why this show went so long. Um, so I've, I've done a wee side note here on Seamus, because I thought it'd be nice to talk about him. It's the first time I've really had him in one of our shows. Um, and and, he, and he's done really, really, really well for himself at this stage in his career as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So he began training in Larry Sharp's Monster Factory in New Jersey. Uh, the Monster Factory is very, very well known for producing big, big stars. Um, Bam Bam Bigelow, Big Show, Tony Atlas, King Kong Bundy. These guys trained there among many, many others. The big um, lads then. Yeah, yeah. There, there were some smaller guys. Chris Candido. Um, oh, right. one. Well, in fairness, he was a big guy as well. In yeah. He tall, but he was... Um, you remember uh, Sanjay Dutt? At the yes. Uni? The Guru? He them. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was one of them. Um, there's quite a lot of guys that came out of there, a lot of big names. That is um, some, yeah, some good talent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I couldn't write them all down, there's about 20 odd. Um, <laughs> he also worked as a bodyguard for Bono and Larry Mullen Jr. of, ET, of, of U2. And I think Denise Van Outen or something like that, like an actress. Yeah, um, so she's a, bit a either. UK radio personality now. Ah, right, okay. Um, yeah, so Johnny Vaughan on Radio 2? Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, I'm sure they'll not be phoning up to complain. Um, yeah, absolutely. He, so he... <laughs> <laughs> They're avid watchers. <laughs> yes. Avid watchers of this wrestling so, podcast. April 02, he started training. Debuted six weeks later um, as the Irish curse Seamus O'Shaughnessy. Um, what a good which... name. Great name. <laughs> and the Irish Cuss as well. I love, I love that nickname. Um, suffered a neck injury very, very soon after. And of course, he's had a lot of neck injuries throughout his career. Um, really hindering him, especially recently as well. A lot of people talking about maybe the fact that he's going to be packing it in soon. Um, he botched a hip toss. So he'd only been wrestling for a few weeks. So that could be, you know, putting him in there too early, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, this sidelined him for about two years before he went back to the European circuit in 2004. Um, and he started adopting sort of the Irish warrior gimmick. He's trying to overcome, you know, the Irish stereotype gimmicks, um, which you see an awful lot of, especially in the Indies back then as well. You know, if you come from a certain place, you get hit with a leprechaun gimmick, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Pot of gold, green suit, there you go. Um, well, even Becky had that in NXT when she debuted, so yeah, every- yeah. everybody gets it. Um, he also was on Raw in 2007. Uh, I think it was... Um, Sorry, November 2006 as security. Him and Wade mm-hmm. Barrett. I don't know if you've ever seen this clip yep, yep. Um, with the China trying to eject DX. Seamus eats a pedigree um, on the night, which I'm sure that he'd been telling all his pals about when he got back home. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he was then signed in April 2007 after some um, tryouts. Um, I think Stu Bennett was also um, there on that occasion, who was obviously Wade Barrett, um, more commonly known as that anyway. Had some dark matches in 08. Um, was down at the FC, FCW for a while as well. Um, I think they won the title down there before debuting on TV in 2009. And they rebanded ECW, the WWE ECW. Uh, well known, of course, for um, its fantastic star power. Um, the the talent initiative. Yeah, <laughs> believe, a, yeah, a lot of guys did come through here. I mean, Kofi came through there as well. Yeah, Kofi, um, Sheamus, guys like that. Even Punk, you could argue, kind of come through yeah. that. But then if you look at guys like... Braden Walker and you know yeah it was it was good for some guys to get them you know that the time on TV and, and exposure yeah, um but by the same by the same token there was a lot of flops um, yeah I mean it definitely started to gear towards it being a developmental brand and then obviously being dropped into kind of NXT um, yeah yeah which is mentioned in this this is this time this is literally this, this is literally yeah it starts mm-hmm. on the following Tuesday yeah, yeah. um. So that was June 2009. He had a couple of feuds with Goldust and Sheldon Benjamin before he moved to Raw um, in October. He won a battle royal there, which um, crowned him the number one contender, and he beat John Cena for an, for the title in a, in a tables match even mm-hmm. at TLC in December. Yeah. So very, very soon after he's caught up, I think he's got the record for like the shortest time between winning the world title and his debut. I think it's oh, right, okay. 60 days or something like that. Um, so very, very quick. Um, mm-hmm turnaround for him um, of course he takes the title on this match as well what, what do you think of Seamus was he one that you were impressed by from the start or did, did, was I, didn't, that I didn't like him for a long long time um, I kind of a turned a page on him when he started doing the League of Nations stuff with um, right. 
Barrett Rusev and Del Rio. Yeah, he actually became the the kind of front man and showed a bit of character because before that he was just literally big, angry, pale white, ginger headed Irishman that will kick your head off. Yeah, uh, I mean that's that's fine, but that only gets you so far. But I believe he did get down with an injury, and then when he came back, uh, basically after uh, Triple H buried him at Mania. Uh, yeah. Uh, Couple of years later, coming back, and he actually had a character. Yeah, yeah I, I like Sheamus. Um, I, I do like Sheamus nowadays. I hope um, he, I hope he's got another title run in him. Um, mm-hmm. when he has a, actually a bit of character in him. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm delighted to see that he's back, and he's kind of overcame the neck injuries. Yeah, he looks yeah. in great shape now as he's well. I mean, beast. back then he was he was he was big, but now he's he's trim and, he and but solid. You know, he's a shredded um, man. I don't know if you ever watch his Celtic Warrior workouts, and if I you're do. listening and you haven't watched them, check them out, man. They're really, really good. Yeah, um, yeah. I like the one he did with Edge. That was one of my favourites. But mm-hmm. um, fantastic guy, and, and you know, you see him, you see him out with WWE now, and you know, videos. There's one, you seen one with Rusev, and he's like, "Yeah, hey, we're about to watch uh, uh, Total Divas." He's like, "No, we're not watching that show." <laughs> that's that's brilliant. What a guy. He doesn't give a fuck. Oh, he's great. He's great. He seems like a good lad. Um, he does. He seems like a total lad because he's a Celtic man. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a tech man. He is. Yeah. He's, 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 yeah. So I suppose we better. Um, I suppose we better talk about the match then. <laughs> um, so Kofi, Kofi and Sheamus start the match off. Sheamus going in the match with the belt. I think that very very strange. You know, obviously I didn't read anything in the kind of background of why Sheamus was <laughs> starting the chamber as the heel champion. That yeah. is so rare. Like That's usually, yeah. your heel champion is out last. Yeah, you have to give them the advantage and give them... I mean, it's easy heat, isn't it? You know, and yeah, definitely. Gets the advantage, etc. So, but I suppose um, he isn't one of these kind of cowardly champions. Like, I'm going to just kind of compare him to like the, the Miz was champion, like, you know, the cowardly champion. Yeah, well, Miz... I'm going to say, I mean, you also have to look at who's in the ring, who's in the match even. You know, Triple H and John Cena, they ain't going to go in there from the start. <laughs> you know, Orton uh, certainly isn't going to go in there from the start. We'll I mean, Debbie Assey has to wait until Orton's in. So, you know, yeah. you've kind of got a story there. Um, so you're kind of left with those two, aren't you? Yeah, that's um, fair enough. That's fair and obviously, being the two younger guys and the newer guys, they think, well, we'll throw them in there at the start. Yeah, you know? So Sheamus attempts a broke kick straight off the bat. Um, Kofi sidesteps it and takes it, takes it to Sheamus pretty early on. A lot of kicks and stuff like that. Funny seeing kill Kofi in his early career as well because not enough of what's changed in terms of how how he works. You know, I was listening out for the kind of crowd reaction he got. You know, I mean, it was it was relatively strong. Yeah. I mean, he is a kind of he is a popular guy back then. Obviously, kind of people appreciate the work rate and stuff like that. Yeah, he was, he was he's exciting enough. You know, I, I think you know. Certainly, kids. Um, obviously, that's what the, the audience were. Yeah, here. and um, oh, definitely exciting, but no character. They love him. Aye. Um, so Kofi has a springboard crossbody and gets a two count. Um, we get a bit more back and forth. Where Cody um, gets rushed into the ring post and, and eats an Irish cross back backbreaker, which I always love that move. Yeah. Um, and we get that just before Triple H joins the free. Um, oh, how good! How good was that visual of Sheamus staring in the chamber and the the, the white light? comes down over Triple H and he's just laughing. Yeah. Oh, it looked menacing. Oh, yes. It's fantastic. It's really, really difficult to time that. You know, how you... How your face sits, you know. If you see if you lean too far forward, you don't yeah, see anything. Exactly, yeah, it's the right amount of light on you. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, uh, Triple H comes in, uh, just unloads with punches. Good snap. Yeah, good snap. <laughs> good snap. Good snap. <laughs> <laughs> you still had that in the ring. I'll take it for real. <laughs> um, so we get him in. It hits the big running knee, the big Harley race, um, and and drops a knee on, on Sheamus for the good measure. Um, they tease each, throwing each other into the chamber. Um, which is, which, is, which is always nice to sort of because it's the first match you think oh oh you know yeah. um, bringing the chamber in at the sort of in the three a wee bit um, 
and before they get back in the ring. Kofi then does throw Triple H into Sheamus um, and Triple H rolls to the outside and we get this sort of awkward, it's an awkward spot, you know, it's like Sheamus is in the corner and Triple H gets thrown in and he sort of just hits him and he gets hung up on the ropes as if he's yeah. went to go. I think he's trying to do, like, you know, the, the Ric Flair sort of Shawn Michaels where you yeah. go up and over but Sheamus is in the way. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, like, it's just a bit awkward looking. I think that was the kind of a tone of the both chamber matches. Any spots on the outside were very, very awkward. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a strange shape. It is. It's you really know, it's no like, it, you know, you're in a square, it's, it's easy to work but, um, Kofi goes up to the, up to the top above Sheamus, hits nine punches, um, comes back down, hits the big one in clothesline for the ten, um, and we get a boom drop, um, which I think he still does um, to Hunter on the outside. Was that was a nice of, spot, love that. Yeah, springboards over the top, bit of sore arse, but I think he was alright. I think he probably got more ring than the metal. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the pageantry behind that as well because he's still done his uh, run off the ropes and then did the kind of a the, the old shoulder kind of boom, boom, boom. Yeah. But then he had to stop and really kind of <laughs> settle himself before he jumped to the top rope. Uh, yeah. He nailed it. It was lovely. I like. Yeah, it. it was good. You know, as I said, Kofi was solid in there. Um, I, I will add because I'm going to see a lot um, that floor on the outside. Not comfortable. That, I would, I, that must suck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to take a bump on that. I tell you, every, every time somebody did it, I'm like, you know, it's, it's just like, it's, it's just not flat. So, yeah. and it looks absolutely solid. It looks, no give whatsoever. It looks as if you, if you to fall but slide on it, it would tear your, tear your skin. Yeah. Like a cheese grater. Yeah. Uh, yes. 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 <laughs> um, so we get. I think Orton comes in next um, and starts pulling away at Sheamus. The commentators get over that he's got a bit of beef with all three of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Orton faced off with Sheamus at the Rumble, um, where, like I say, cost him the match there. Obviously, he's beef with Triple H from the Mania previous to that. Um, and Kofi Kingston, he's been feuding with him rather recently as well, which is a feud that was brought to light rather recently in Kofi's Stupid. title run as well. Stupid. <laughs> um, so... We get Orton back in and he does his usual, slows the match right fucking down. Right um, down to a crawl. Oh my god. Uh, you know, I was going at a decent pace until this point and um, I, I really, <laughs> it goes all the way back down to nothing. Yeah. Um, slow, methodical. Um, he throws Sheamus into the cage three times and then Triple H into the cage three times. And then we get a big dive from Kofi on the outside. Um, all three men slowly falling onto the, onto the metal and you mm-hmm. can't blame them. Yeah. Um, and we get uh, Orton gets back and then Kofi goes for the springboard and Orton hits a drop kick to the gut, which was nice. That was nice, yeah, very nice. Uh, it's not something he would do nowadays, kind of be asked for that. Oh, I don't, um, I don't know. I, I still think he breaks it out every so often. He's got the best. He's uh, his timing in the ring is incredible. He might be slow, he might be boring, but yeah. his, his timing is incredible. He'll never miss a spot. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we get an Orton's vintage power slam, which is always lovely. Love always that. lovely. Um, just smile when I watch that, you know. Yeah. Snaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's going to be a running theme, this one. Yeah, will be. Um, so, he, so the power slam's on Triple H and he starts vaping up, um, looking for his RKO, punching the ground and stuff like that. Um, Triple H counters the RKO, pushes Orton towards a trouble in paradise, which he ducks under. Um, Orton avoids attempts. Sorry, Orton avoids that. Attempts the RKO on Kofi, um, who pushes him into a pedigree. Orton manages to get out of that and backdrops Triple H onto the steel on the outside, which is a fucking whopper bump. Mm. Um, I was just like, looking at him. Like, man, why would you take that? <laughs> Say what you want about Triple H and talent. Like, he'll put his body in the line when this. Yeah, he'll bump, he'll bump for anybody, you know. Um, and he, he's very, very good in these matches, obviously, Hell in Cells and Elimination Chambers. I think he's been six up to this point in Elimination Chambers uh, or something like that. Yes, he is very much the king of the chamber. Yeah. So we, we end up with all four men um, on the same side, and, and Sheamus um, ends up pulling on and then posting the all end up down and out. We get Ted DiBiase Jr. joining the fray to a, a hellacious pop. Um, 
<laughs> it was the Eric Rowan pop. Ah, <laughs> uh, it was. It was. Oh, he's in that. <laughs> he is a he is a, a competitor. Yeah, he, that's, that's a wrestler. That um, his dad was good. I like so, Ted DiBiase. In film. It's been you know, not, I, I not the main event. He was not bad, but uh, um, good, a good a good rough hand. Yeah, Orton's DDT to Triple H on the steel, the the drape over DDT. Holy shit! And he sells it for the next 15 minutes as well, which he quite rightly should. Absolutely. Um, you know, stay on the outside for a while. We get Debbie and Orton working together, but there is a bit of a disconnect there in terms of Orton um, was cost his title match by uh, Rhodes, Cody Rhodes and Ted Debbie at Royal Rumble. So there's that bit of, oh, are these guys getting on? Because after that match, Orton attacked them both. Yeah. So there's been this building story up till this point, and that's why Debbie being in the match. It does make sense in a story sense that it could cost Orton. Um, mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So these two guys start working together and they really start working on everybody until it's time for John Cena to come out in the match. Um, and just before that, they start staring them out at his cell, waiting on his pod, yes. waiting on coming out. He's like, yes. you ain't getting anything in, you know? Then he um, made them look like a couple of knobs. Yeah, Cena got out and it's four out of the five moves of doom. Um, which he's, um, he's like, do you, what, do you, what do you think his moves there? Like, I love the sit-out powerbomb, the, the, the proto-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, my, my, my name sounds better. <laughs> the Willigig. Yeah. Um, I, I... Say what you want about the kind of, again, the repetition of it. There isn't a time he'd done it, it didn't pop the crowd. No, in a, that's either in a positive or a negative sense. So it's, it's you know it's that sort of especially you know for kids you know they know what's coming. So they, they, yeah, they're always like, oh, getting up. You know, he's, it's like Hogan. You know when he took the punches and he put yeah. him against the rope and he took the boot. You know, yeah, uh, it was it that sort, it's just that sort of build. Um, See what you want, it works and it will always work. So we have um, Cena comes in, takes the two of the guys out. Um, I'm just trying to see what big spots I'm missing out here before I get to the nice bit of the match with the. No, I think you know the next big spot for me was was Cody Rhodes coming down. Cody coming down, yeah, yes. pretty much. Cena just goes through his moveset, and then it's back to punch kick to the outside, back inside, outside, throw them into yeah. the cage. Yeah, there was a lot of in and outside. Mm. Um, so Cody Rhodes comes down with a steel pipe, and, he, and he's shouting on Orton. He's trying to give the pipe to Orton, um, and, and, he, and he throws it through, and it starts to roll towards. You see, it was actually going to roll into the ring. Yeah, and Debbie Assey has to intercept. Um, he comes in, and Orton's uh, Cena's got Orton up for the double A. Um, comes in with a pipe, goes to hit Cena. Cena turns Orton into the into the, the, the traffic, if you like. It was a terrible um, spot. Ah, it was awkward looking, wasn't it? Um, so Orton takes the pipe AA on Orton from Cena. Cena mm. then takes the pipe to the gut, and then WRC sat there with a the dilemma: who do I take out? Who do I pin? Because both Orton and Cena are down, and he decides Cena's obviously going to kick out, so I'll pin Orton. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he pins Randy Orton, eliminates Randy Orton, gets the rub of his life. Um, Am I getting a three, a three count on Randy Orton? It's all done over your bill. Pretty much was. Orton's eliminated. We get this nice visual when Orton's leaving the cage and the referee starts to shut the door and he stops them and he opens it a wee bit and he just stares out Dibiase mm-hmm. um, and then leaves. And then Dibiase gets eliminated very, very soon after. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was very strange that uh, all six people were in the ring at the same time as well. That was also quite rude. Yeah. Really that doesn't usually happen either. I think that's because they had the two matches and they thought, let's make them totally different. Yeah. So build will, up. That's the, true. That's true. Yeah, build up the ring for the first match mm-hmm. and then the second match will be a totally different input. Yeah, um so Debbie Assey gets 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 put out of there. Um, is it Kofi that puts him out of the Trouble in Paradise? Yep. I believe it was. Yep. Um, then we get Sheamus coming in. He hits the razor's edge. Yeah. Um, 
I think it was calling that the Celtic Cross Celtic at the time. Celtic Cross at the time, yeah. Yeah, um, and he eliminates Kofi. So we're, we're very, very quickly gone from 6 down to 3. Yeah. Um, Sheamus, big match, John, and Triple H. Try. Um, yeah. So Triple H is having a nice long rest on the outside selling that DDT, um, as he should, you know, as mm-hmm. I said. <laughs> Quite right. Um, Sheamus purchases Cena on the top rope and he goes for that um, Celtic Cross before Triple H comes in and hits him with a low blow. Um, I think he takes the pedigree sort of gets a lazy arm over which yeah. I always hate because I think that buries the guy taking it yeah. um, but by the same degree Seamus has been in there for 20 odd minutes so Very you true. know yeah I, th- I think he gets away with it on this, on this account Seamus is eliminated yeah my notes with that were uh, of course Triple H eliminates the champion if Triple yeah. H isn't winning he's going to eliminate the champion <laughs> what a dick <laughs> the best wrestler in the world right yeah mm. <laughs> um, so in, end up in 2002, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so we get Triple H and John Cena left over. Um, Cena goes and locks in the, the STF. Triple H is looking for the ropes, Craw- why would crawling you, and clawing. Why would, you, why would you look for a rope break? It's not a disqualification match. Yeah, it's not going to help you any, pal. Um, and John Cena wins the title after Triple H taps out very, uh, very lazily as well. Yeah. Aye, it wasn't like a tap out in pain. It yeah, was like, oh, I'm like, passing oh. out here. I better tap. Yeah. Cena's yeah. yeah. uh, eighth world title. Yeah, so I think it was his sixth WWE title, mm-hmm. but he held two of the world titles up yeah. to this point as well. Yeah. So eighth, eighth championship at this point. Um, 30 minutes and 10 seconds. Um, yeah. What did you think of the match before we get into it, the afters? It, it felt like it. Um, yeah. I'd have preferred a couple of early eliminations. But again, it built some good storylines going towards Mania. Obviously, you've, yeah. you've got the legacy breakup. Um Cena obviously winning the belt, looking to main event Mania. And then the Triple H, Sheamus. Uh, feuds building nicely yeah the storyline was good you know there's was, there was some good as you say that Triple H and Sheamus thing was building uh, the Orton legacy thing was building Cena was in there trying to get a title to go to Mania yeah. you know Sheamus was a new champion Kofi being a total underdog I think Sheamus and Kofi starting the match didn't help it because you were as soon as that started you were waiting on the next guy coming in yeah. you know you were ready for the next guy to come in almost immediately because there wasn't an awful lot to watch there. and I think that was the theme of the match as well you were always waiting on the next guy coming in and then the next guy came in you're like oh, when's the next guy yeah. coming in yeah. Um, but I thought it was real. I thought it was good. You it know, was good. It, it held my, te- my attention. Thirty minutes is a long match, but with the, with the chamber and obviously the five minute intervals in between entrances and stuff mm-hmm. like that, then you have to you have to take a pinch of salt, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, so the, the Astros really pissed me off though, and how they done it. <sighs> but, so Vince comes out to congratulate Cena. Mm-hmm. Um, Cena looks uh, <laughs> Cena looks knackered. He's wrestled for ten minutes. That's what I, I wrote that. I wrote that down as well. Ten minutes and in my notes. ten he minutes and ten seconds. Too much. He took too little to be selling that much. He looked and left if he just... had leathered them in that. Yeah, yeah. You know, he'd learned, he'd learned a few pipe shots, and that made total sense to me. Yes, you know? but he wasn't selling um, agony. He was selling being tired. You've wrestled yeah. for ten minutes and ten seconds, and half of that time you've been on the floor. You might be in the chamber for twenty minutes, but you were in a pod for twenty minutes doing nothing. Yeah. Were you doing pull-ups? No, John. You were <laughs> you were standing there. And the commentators put this over that he went forty-five minutes. Did he fuck go forty-five minutes in that chamber? He went for ten minutes. It was insulting a wee bit, doesn't it? It was so lazy. And you don't need to be lazy because it's Batista, he's a fucking beast. He yeah. will come out and destroy you anyway. Yeah. Regardless of how tired you are. No, it annoyed me very much. Annoyed me. Um, so obviously, Vince says you can you'll go to, you'll go to WrestleMania with the title if you can beat Batista right now. So this sort of comes because Bret Hart's recently come back um, to the WWE. He, he came back late December, yeah. um, 
And he's sort of he's buried the hatchet with Michaels, and when he went to bury the hatchet with Vince, Vince put him in the nuts. Um, <laughs> and it's sort of that this leads to them having a match at, at Mania, but it's because Cena has sort of endorsed Brett and right. he's sort of helping Brett out and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's 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 where this has come from the hatred from Vince to, to his boy John Cena. Um, I believe the commentators, who... the commentators put it over as he's always been a thorn in McMahon's side or something like that. Cena, he's, he's, <laughs> he's always, lost he's always been the money in McMahon's pocket. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's fair enough, but yeah, they're trying to put it over as another Austin McMahon feud. This nah, give up, give up, nah. Break. Yeah, um, to be fair, they didn't go too far with that in the end, did they? So, no. um, so we get we get Batista versus John Cena. Last thirty two seconds, um, Cena hits the right hand on Batista, and Batista, yeah. Batista bombs him and takes the title. Yeah, so, um, very very nice. Um, you know, in terms of getting the heat on Batista, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. out with that, it was pretty. You know, yeah. um, it didn't make much sense uh, in that sense, but. Uh, so, so we'll, I think we'll just move straight on. Um, there's no much more to talk about there. Um, we do get a wee throwback to what happened on Raw with Bret Hart and his, and his leg um, last week. Um, which I'm, I'm, I don't yeah, care I'm about. Right. <laughs> so we get our boy Drew McIntyre, big Drew, big Drew, <laughs> <laughs> fucking stay, man. Oh, <laughs> Look man. at the Mickey him, man. Stick thin, pale as you like. He's, he's got so little charisma and character. The anti pop was. Yeah. Embarrassed. Did you did you time his entrance? It couldn't have been any long. It couldn't have been any shorter than Orton's. Oh, <laughs> I, time stopped for me. <laughs> so the Intercontinental Champion, the Chosen One. Um, did you pop his entrance theme? Love his theme. Oh, yeah. it's just the best. It's a good theme. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the way they, they cut to it as well. And I was yes. like, oh, there's there's no crowd at their action here. And I thought, oh, that's because they don't fucking care. <laughs> it wasn't that they turned the crowd off. They just want to just want to react at all. <laughs> in a rare. WWE move, they had to actually turn the crowd up to hear the crickets to get a pop from Drew. <laughs> oh, poor lad, man, poor lad. Uh, but uh, also, champion out first, fuck off. Yeah, uh, so a wee, a wee bit on Drew, uh, he trained in England um, before obviously going up to Scotland. He, he, he was, obviously, he is Scottish, but his He's family lived in England for a while. He's from Ayr, don't you know? He's <laughs> the southeast of Scotland, southeast coast of Scotland, and that accent is not put on, that is how they sound there. Well, 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 his is put on. Is it? His, his has developed. I mean, <laughs> he, he is a very good sounding Scot, but even now, like every Scottish person thinks, that's not how we sound. We wish that's how we sound, because we sound like fucking movies. It's like Gerard Butler, you know, yeah. it's actually a movie star voice yeah. he's developed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so no, this is how we actually sound. Um, so 2001, he started training at the age of 15. Um would eventually debut in 2003. There is a story I want to tell about him before I go into where he, when he got to the Um So, there's a bunch of Scottish wrestlers who trained in East Kilbride in Scotland, yep. um, in a post office. And uh, in East Kilbride, there's a, big, there's a big post office depot that had these mats, right? So they would go in there and wrestle in there on a Sunday. Okay. Um, and they were basically teaching themselves until one time Jake Roberts came in. But oh, this, was at the, yeah, this was at the height of Jake yeah. Roberts' addiction and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Grado tells a story he was one of them uh, Red Lightning was another guy Mark Dallas who owns ICW now he was one of them mm-hmm. and Drew was one of them uh, a bunch of other guys who I don't think if they made it they never made it too big um, but um, not his <laughs> names Jake, Robert, Jake Roberts ate a, 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 a pack of Mars bars where he taught these guys how to wrestle but Jake Roberts in his own state said only one of those guys would make it and he said it would be Drew mm-hmm. and 
he sort of has come on and, and, and proved that right, you know. Um, which I think you just by the look of him, you know, and the size of him and stuff yeah. like that. Um, you could argue, you could argue in terms of like wrestling, definitely. Grado, you could argue as well because he has made some money. You know what I mean? He's definitely, and also Dallas owns ICW, which, which is certainly a big draw, and makes yeah, money, you know, um, and, a, and a succeeding business. It's certainly um, one of the bigger promotions in the UK. Definitely. Um, so. McIntyre went to WWE in late 2007, uh, made his debut on SmackDown with Dave Taylor as his mentor, mm-hmm. um, obviously Weagle's buddy. Um, short main roster um, stint before he went to FCW, he won the world title there for about, he was there for about a year I think, um, before he came back to WWE in August of uh, 09 um, as a chosen one, obviously the gimmick that Vince McMahon endorsed him, saying he was going to be a future world champion etc. Yeah, Vince, Vince handpicked him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, won the IC belt in December um, at TLC, and he, he loses this in May. Um, so sorry, we spoiled there. <laughs> oh fuck's sake! <laughs> um, so I think you had what that game until about 2012 when he did the 3MB stuff, um, Jinder Mahal and Heath Slater, which was entertaining to it's a degree. Brilliant. Um, but then later released in 2014 when he went back to the Indies. Um, ICW, I think he was in TNA for a while as well. Um, and really sort of reinvented his look, um, yeah. became the rough and gritty McIntyre mm-hmm. that we know now. Um, went back to NXT first and won the title there before going up to the main roster with Ziggler. Um, and now showing his full potential. Of course, he's going to main event WrestleMania this year, um, won the Rumble in January. So hats off to the guy. He's, he's doing a tremendous job. When he went back on the Indies, uh, ever since, I think, Eddie Guerrero, when he was in the indie scene around about 2000 and has there ever been a guy that like he's so above everybody else yeah we we saw him i think it was that same edinburgh show Mm -hmm. um and and we saw him and we just you just we looked at each other and just thought what are you doing what a star man Uh, you know what a star um and i think i think that was maybe part of what was missing from him at this stage he never had the look of a star he never had the body yeah now he does you know and um it's that sort of grizzled look um he just looks like a a kilt like a a warrior yeah exactly yeah so um, we get this match with Drew against Kane. Um, so Drew wins. Uh, <laughs> but you know, mate, that's pretty much what I've got to see here. Um, I've, I've took more notes on Drew McIntyre's lack of pop than anything. Um, the match, I mean, it's, it's literally it's ninety percent lying down on the mat. Yeah. Uh, there's so many you headlocks. Kane's calling this match. Um, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's headlock, headlock, headlock. Uh, crowd are bored. I'm bored. Commentators are bored, yeah. and even the wrestlers look bored. Yeah, it's no, funny now to look back, and it's no, I'm not surprised Drew didn't go too far at this stage. 100%, 100%. Um, People say that he always deserved to be in that spot. Fuck, no, he didn't. Look, no, look no. At this. You know, but, and, and it took that going away and learning exactly. to come back and, and be better, you know, and it's worked too well for him. Exactly. Um, Kane in here, you know, does what Kane does. Um, well, I mean, love the big clothesline for the top rope. That's one of the... Yeah. That's yeah. one of my first memories of Kane and wrestling in general, is this yeah. big 300... It's great height. I love how he rolls through and stuff yes, like that. It just yes. looks good. Um, mm-hmm. But Drew gets the win here, uh, thumb of the eye, yeah. and, a, and a, a future shock DDT. Future shock, that's mm-hmm. I know it's a claymore DDT, though. <laughs> um, for 10 minutes and 6 seconds. Um, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I was I was bored to tears watching this. Yeah, um, the matches in the middle of this card were pretty poor. Um, the non-chamber so, matches were... Yeah, we'll get through them pretty quick, I think. Yeah. Um, we get backstage when Maurice is speaking in French to Gail Kim. Um before saying in English that she's looking forward to the match and then Gail Kim actually realize, unveils she speaks French yeah, what a from, twist she's from Canada she's <laughs> from the French speaking portion of Canada unbelievable she, is, she lives probably quite near where Maurice grew up like, yeah uh, research fuck's sake so we're due to get Maurice versus Gail Kim um, for the 
Divas title. For the Divas title, yeah, mm-hmm. the wonderful butterfly belt. Um, a wee bit on Gail Kim, because um, she went on to do very, very good things in TNA. Um, she is she is this era's Asuka. Aye, aye. She's the best wrestler by a mile. And it, it showed in the match that, that came. Um, so she joined WWE in 2002, um, made sporadic appearances, was released, went to TNA, and then came back. I think it was 2008 or something, she came back. And she left um, the following year, sorry, the following this in 2011. Um, <laughs> when she, she eliminated herself from the Battle Royal. Yeah, she just jumped <laughs> off. Oh, fuck this, I'm <laughs> See you later, I'm going to TNA. Um, she went to TNA, she, she won a title uh, once. She was, she was actually the, the inaugural um, Knockouts champion, That's first correct. time there. Yep. And then when she went back, she went another six times. Um, she's now in their Hall of Fame. Yep. Um, which is... she, was, she was one of the first people in that Hall of Fame as well. Yeah, I think it was like Sting, um, her, I think Errol Hedner got in there. Um, <laughs> and Kurt Angle's in there. Yeah. Um, I actually recently listened to Pritchard's podcast on TNA and how Dixie just won. If I did only been going for like. Um... Right, your mic was cutting in and out there, mate. Oh, sorry. I'm still with you. You're still with me now, but I I only kind of got bits and start again from Pritchard podcast. Yeah, I recently watched the listened to the Bruce Pritchard podcast, um, and he's talking about the TNA's Hall of Fame. Okay. And how Dixie wanted one just because WWE had one, despite oh, the right, fact okay. that they've only been going for like ten years as a yeah, company, yeah. Um, which is just fucking bizarre. <laughs> that's like, that's like saying the XFL will have a Hall of Fame after this season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they might do. They probably will. <laughs> um. So, Vicky Guerrero comes out to the biggest heat of the night. Oh, she um, needs some in a heat, doesn't she? Mm. It's phenomenal. Um, the excuse me stick, and she changes the match to a tag match um, because Kayla yeah. Maurice had been slagging off the SmackDown. Yeah, so it's, it's basically a case of they're saying Raw Divas are better than the SmackDown Divas, and Vicky comes out and says, no, that's not the case. And because she's act, acting general manager, I believe is her title. Yeah, it was something or, like that. Yeah. yeah, something like that. She says, I'm the only female in power at this pay-per-view. So this is now a tag team match between Gil Kim and Maurice versus Lee Cool. Yeah. How will they get along? Um... How will they collide? <laughs> um, so this match is shit. Um... This was a match that happened. Uh, a pop for Michelle McCool's style clash. <laughs> well, I did as well. That was the finish. Um, yeah. I did notice that Gail, Gail Kim and Leila actually had some nice um, exchanges. Um, they looked like they could actually wrestle. Um and, and worked over very, very well. So I was quite surprised because I don't remember an awful lot about Leila. Um, um, Michelle McCool, probably the best in the ring here um, in terms of looking good, but it was, it was just very, it was, it was three minutes, 35 seconds worth of match, yep. nothing there. Typical um, Divas match of that era. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, it's good to see how far they've come though, after watching yeah. NXT Rival last week as well. You know, what, what the chances women get nowadays and yeah, compared exactly. to then, you know. I mean, um, we've definitely got Stephanie McMahon to thank for Thanks, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, so it's all her fault. So yeah, it's all so her I, Sorry, yeah, it's all she, she 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 spearheaded this uh, women's revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, after the match, Marisa attacks Gail Kim um, with the DDT, but she calls the French kiss, and our, our music plays. Borka, Borka. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a, a one all over Josh Matthews in the back, um, introducing the Miz and who talking about the NXT thing. This is when we first realised, oh, NXT starting, you know, this is when they did the competition thing. Um, so he gets over that he's Daniel Bryan's pro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Daniel Bryan being a rookie just still makes me laugh to this day. Um, would, you, would you argue then that Bryan's greatest rivalry end of the week has been with The Miz? Yeah. I would say so, because they've been with each other from the start. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't see anybody else that stands out with that one. Um 
it's sort of been that ongoing thing, hasn't it, from yeah, even, when he first came in till even, even recent times? Yeah, even he's run against the, the Thornton, you know what I mean? It's, it's the Miz is his greatest rival. Yeah. Um, and in fairness, if you if you look at their, their, their paths, they've kind of brought the best of each other. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it, it sort of got them both over. It got mm-hmm. Miz over as the smarky heel, and it got Brian over as the, the actually, like, this guy's got dog, yeah. incredible, incredible talent, you know, at that early stage. Yeah. Uh, it, it gets interrupted by MVP, who I think the MVP's always been a good promo, by the way. Um, yeah. Because he, he does some recent stuff on Raw as well, and I thought, I forgot how good he was in the mic. You know, it's, it's, it just feels natural. You yeah. know, it feels like yeah. he's just been him. Um, mm-hmm. Good talker, not as good as a wrestler, but he's a better talker than as a wrestler. Yeah, so they plugged their match later on, so we're going to get US title match between those two later. Um, and then we get a lovely surprise. Oh, guys, uh, William Regal, fucking William Regal. Yes, <laughs> this, this pay per view just get elevated to five stars because the wee timestamps at the bottom didn't even show that he was on there. So nope. his music hit, I went, Oh, yeah, fucking beauty, fucking beauty. <laughs> and it's his fantastic heel theme as well. Oh, yeah. brilliant. So, uh, allow me if you will. Take over. Uh, Regal in the ring. He's uh, he's introducing NXT. Basically, he basically copies the same as what Joseph Matthews says. Just saying, it's the next evolution um, of WWE program. And basically, touching up also what Vince said in the last episode of the ECW. Mm-hmm. But obviously, uh, Regal gets a reaction from the crowd. Uh, yeah. Basically, talking about how his experience uh, could help any any rookie make it to the WWE, which... And he's absolutely right. And kayfabe and shoot is just so accurate. It could not yeah. be more... You, there's no other person you could put that would have more experience than Regal. No. Um, no, not, not in the company at that time no, either. No, 100% you know. not. Or in the history of the world. Yeah. Um, then the crowd start to turn on him. Start to obviously still peel at this point. Yeah. It's the way it's, it, like I should say like his facials. It start he's smiling at the start of the promo, mm-hmm. and then as soon as he starts changes. saying new people, and he just starts to. It's, oh, he changes oh, on a dime. Yeah. It's a masterclass. He starts talking about uh, he's demanding respect uh, from the crowd. The crowd starting to watch chance to regal. Fuck off. Respect yeah. him. Respect. Him. It's, but it's the way you know they start doing it. And he goes. What a lovely bunch of people. <laughs> you know, he's, oh, like, he's so uh, passive aggressive. He's so English. He's so British. He's, oh, he's, 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 he is regal, is what he is. Uh, so he then starts to cut a promo on the crowd and then fucking fuck off, Edge. You <laughs> asshole. Face Edge. Oh, oh that's the worst. Fuck like, off. The thing is, Edge is still great, but it's nowhere near as good as a heel. You know, like, his, heel, his heel character is a million times better than his yes. face. It's just so plain. Um, how dare you come out and besmirch William Regal? What, during what on earth do you want, sunshine? <laughs> uh, and it was at this point as well. How good, you mentioned his facial, his body language is incredible. He just yeah. he sits with it. He's not even got his hand in his pocket. It's like he's got two fingers in his waistcoat pocket. Yeah. He just he looks as if they say, "How." Dare you be yeah. in my ring how, when how I am rude. here? Ah, oh, how rude! Oh, he's just bright, and then fuckface Edge hits a spear and ruins the full yeah. segment. So Edge, Edge announces he's going to um, announce he's facing the mania on Raw, and then spears Regal. Um, so I turned it off at that point and went for a shower. Furious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had to, had to calm down, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, the paper has peaked. It's only downhill from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got two matches for titles next. You know what? We'll just end the podcast here, shall we? Uh, see you next uh, week. <laughs> A-class show. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we get Miz versus MVP next. Uh, Miz enters with Big Show. I forgot about this tandem. Um, Miz Show. Oh, Show Miz, um, I think was what they were, show they were Miz, called. Show Miz, oh, yeah. Of course it was. And Jerry Show was Jerry the other one prior. Show, that, yeah. was, that, was, that was the, this is like the B to that. You know? oh, <laughs> the, yeah. the, uh, the again, champion, champion out first. 
Bullshit. Champions. You see how many fucking belts these guys have got? How good? How good does Miz look with the belts? Yeah. So Miz has got the US title, and they have both the world and the WWE tag team. Yeah, the the, the unified tag team. uh, Yes, it's in the long before they brought Mm. in the the the, the two pence belts. Um, Uh, Big Show's looking rough here. He's uh, he's looking out of shape. Yeah. By um, his standards, he looks. He's, he was recently on uh, Austin's broken skull thing, um, and he just looks great nowadays. You know, yes. he's he's, he's tri- trim for a, trim for a, uh, quick, for a giant. quick feet for a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh-huh. So uh, MVP's theme is class. I love MVP's theme. Absolutely amazing. But they cut out a wee bit of it because his face. Um, there is a, there is a small edit that I noticed. Ah, right. I never noticed that. Yeah. So. Yeah, at the start, when they do the, the ticking clock, it then just goes straight into the theme. But in the heel version, there's some words that get some uh, Mark Henry, what a mark. He's wearing MVP's gear, you fucking I loser. I wrote down, he's wearing MVP shirt, and I scored that shirt out and wrote bed sheet. It's fucking massive. <laughs> <laughs> Even for him, it's loose, you know. Uh, big guy, um, big guy. God knows what size that is. Um, uh, the commentators get over uh, MVP's uh-huh. criminal past. Uh, and how he's turning over a new leaf and becoming an inspiration. Yeah, no, I've that. not wrote that down. I've wrote down. Why the fuck are they talking about Tiger Woods? Did you get this? No, I must have missed. They start talking about Tiger Woods. Oh, <laughs> they're, right, like, yeah. they're like, oh, you know, you, you hate MVP, like you like MVP, like you like Tiger Woods. You know, he, he's like, he might be through some rough things, but you know, you get, you, <laughs> because Tiger Woods is going through the whole divorce thing. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, why are they bringing that up? Ah, that's <laughs> like, uh, oh, they like the post about like throwing shade, you know. Again, not an awful lot happens in this match, but it's probably the best non-chamber match of the night. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I thought at this point, this kind of era is um, where Miz starts becoming a, a recognised talent. He's dropped all the kind of cartoony, you know, the stupid stuff, you know what I mean? The dirt yeah. sheet garbage, and he's become a serious wrestler. He's still, he, I mean, he's still a fair bit away. Yeah, there's an awkward bit. I think they tried like an Irish whip, which is a simple move, and it's just... As if Miz was aiming at him for the corner and he went to the ropes and just felt yeah. a bit... Mm. So, um, is that, is that, right, so, I wrote this down saying that <laughs> this is a turning point and I looked back up the scene and they botched this this crazy move. It was like, um, they tried to do like a code break, but oh, I don't know what happened. Is this like the, the top rope thing? Yeah, they had them up and they tried they, to do like, oh, yeah, looks um, like, doesn't even come down on it, you know, like... Yeah. He doesn't even come down on the knees. He just sort of stops and then falls over. It's fucking bizarre. I think that. that I mean, I, again, I think that was the kind of a theme of this match. I mean, it was like there was a lot of awkward moments where it was like they, they had to move to get into the next position. Yeah, so not like, a lot of chemistry. Nah, not a lot at all. Um, um, so was, we get. So we'll go to the finish, shall we? Um, no, we will. We will not. <laughs> we shall not. We shall come to the line of the night from Matt Striker. Oh right. Uh, so they're talking about Mark Henry's uh, Olympic weightlifting career. <laughs> and Stryker turns to law and he says, Oh, you should all know. You should know about uh, a cleaning jerk. <laughs> oh, yes. Take that, Law. Oh, he was getting chewed out after the match. He had nothing to say. He just went stifling. <laughs> and Michael Cole went to the next spot. Was, ah, fucking yes, Stryker. Fucking you great. I don't even listen. I haven't even heard that. That's brilliant. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> so, uh, MVP hits the, MVP, uh, the, the ball and the elbow. Um, I don't like that. I don't it's, like. I don't like. It's, the it's like through. you know what it's like to me. It's like Scotty Too Hot. He's warm. Oh, that's exactly. It, that, yep. You're doing it for the pop. Yep, the move itself yep, yep. gives you nothing. The boom drop for Kofi as well. I mean, that's a bit better because it's, it's a bit more a leg drop. But it's that sort of. Yeah, totally. You know, like you're, you're taking a bump yourself. You yeah. know, like you're doing just as much damage to yourself. So, um, show pulls mystery outside. Um, MVP 
it looks like he goes for the baseball slide and Vishal goes, oh! But it looks like it was nowhere near. Yeah, it must have been uh, real. Mm-hmm. Aye, so uh, Mark Henry gets involved, pushes Show into the, the ring post um, and then goes to spear him through the barricade. Um, Show sidesteps and Mark Henry runs through himself. Um, <laughs> I thought that to was... which Cole goes, car crash! And I thought, oh no, Tiger, was there for reference. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought uh, that was the spot of the match. Uh, it's certainly the fucking bump of the match. Yeah, the fuck all happened. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so we get back in the ring and the big show gets involved and the referee's distracted. Hits the WMD and Miz gets to win. 13 minutes and two seconds. This felt like it as well. Um, yeah. But it goes to show how poor the other two matches were that this was the better one. Yes. Three. yes. Um, That's what I thought. I mean, it, I mean, it wasn't a bad match, but it wasn't a good match either. Uh, there's no, a no. Back and forth. Um, I get more... I get more... Fucking hell. Sorry, mate. I'll start again. <laughs> <coughs> I mean, it was not a bad match. It wasn't a good match either. Uh, there's a fair bit of back and forth. Uh, I get more distracted by the commentator's banner, uh, which was the definite <laughs> highlight of this match. Yeah, I like Stryker, man. He's what um, you know, Jericho cracky, uh, Jericho, like a lot of cracky. He's, he's his dad jokes and stuff like ah, that. Ah, he's book of fucking dad jokes. Mm. Yeah, but the Stryker Stryker's actually... get wet. Yeah, oh, on, the, on the fly. Yeah. Um, so. We'll move into the main event, shall we? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I was so fucking excited for this one. And then fucking Rey Mysterio comes out first. We stupid <laughs> fucking song in his stupid big fucking oversized mask in his stupid fucking obese kid that he had from the fucking way down the ramp in the fucking mark at the corner that he throws his t-shirt to who's about 37. Oh, you bastard. You fucking ruined this match for me. I hate Mysterio. Oh, I was furious. <laughs> oh. Talk about a bland character. What is his character? Is it just, oh, I'm an underdog? Nah, not good enough. He's not changed his moveset since 1996 in WCW. He cannot cut a promo for his life. And he used, the only way he got that belt is because the death of Eddie Guerrero, which is an absolute disgrace. He should never have had that belt. And just he had the worst title run that I've ever seen since, I don't know, Diesel in 95. Fuck, yeah. Losing to guys like he lost to guys like Mark Henry, fucking Finley, uh, <laughs> Sabu. Are you joking me? This is your work. Oh, come on, piss off. <laughs> oh, John Morrison's just, out next. <laughs> I'm gonna have to pick some more Mysterio matches for the future. <laughs> oh my god, um, he's so bad. I cannot believe like how popular he was. Well, obviously he's a kid's favorite because he's got a mask and they can buy a mask. So of course he's going to be in that position because WWE can put money at him. Ah, uh, bollocks! Go and get some better knees, you cunt. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Morrison's out next. <laughs> John Morrison comes out next. Ah, oh, how good is how how good is that entrance though? See at the time, yeah. see the slow motion and stuff like that. Loved it. Absolutely loved really, it. Really, really cool, eh? Uh, did, yeah. you as well, did you notice as well, obviously, his kind of gimmick is, I am in great shape and I do parkour and stuff like that. See, when he gets into his pod in the locket, he just starts doing pull-ups. <laughs> what? What are you doing? Like, calm yeah. down. You've got a match to go for. It's quite a good, I mean, it's quite a good character thing. Um, yeah. But he, 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 I believe he is working babyface here. Yes, because the split from The Miz and The Miz turned on Morrison. Yeah, so it's like, that's more of a heel thing that you sort of just showing off, you know? That, yeah, yeah. Has that then, happened yet? Am I wrong here? Or oh, yeah, more... definitely, yeah. It's beyond, yeah, I think it's definitely beyond that. I think there'd be no 8 9 Ah, it was. Yeah. Be- sorry, they have split because obviously Miz is with uh, Big Show and yeah. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's uh, Morrison and Truth versus Big Show and Miz at Mania. Ah, uh, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, next, it's 
Jericho. Jericho. Oh, um, I mean, talk about the best version of Jericho. Fucking yeah. wanker heel Jericho. Just, oh, he's using... And he lived it here as well, didn't he? He lived it. He was using, like, the... He was so condescending. He was using the big words to the yeah. audience, and he was always saying, oh, if you don't know what that means, look it up. Um, you know, after... I always say, spoilers, obviously. Um, he, he wins the title, and he starts coming out in the suits and stuff like that. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nah, it just looks like a champion. Looks like a champion. But then, of course, he aligned himself with... Um... Oh, now, who was it? It wasn't Trevor Murdoch. It was the other one. Oh, okay. Cade, yeah. Yeah, Garrison was that, be- was that before this or after this? No, I'm pretty sure that was after this. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. He, he died at a young age, that fella, as well. He did. So I'm trying to think yeah, how, how soon after this it would have been. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, 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 that's my favourite incarnation of Jericho. Um, yeah, you know, 100%. Like, in terms of... Something that makes sense as well, like people say stuff he's doing just now at AW, but I don't think it makes an awful lot of sense. Um, so I, I prefer this version. It's just sort of it's quite clean cut. You know, you know, you know, you know, you're getting. You know, it cannot um, be denied. That, well, you maybe it's maybe it plays no, no, definitely not. His stuff with Owens was good, but it wasn't as good as this. I I did like that stuff, um, but in terms of him as a character, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's definitely blows out of the water. Um, and you know he got nuclear heat at times. Um, oh, brilliant! So the next bit is when we, we realised that um, it was a taker. Yeah, touched on something mm-hmm. that from the past that we didn't realise. We actually, I didn't realise I picked this out. Yeah, um, this is when Undertaker gets hit by the pyro. Um, yeah, obviously a, a, a horrible accident could have been a hell of a lot worse. Um, yeah. So, so he comes out <clears throat> and his flames are going up either side of them, and for whatever reason. The, the the tech guy has pressed the wrong button or they've been set up in the wrong manner and a flame comes right. You've probably seen videos of this online. It's, it's very yeah. it's a very famous incident. You see it from the crowd angle. The flame comes up and torches his chest and you see Taker running through the flames and taking the jacket off immediately because it's on fire. Yeah. Holy moly. The state... So second you can degree, see he's fucking livid as well. Second degree burns he had. Yeah. And... I didn't know this as well. It's yes, it's it's definitely his chest because it looks beetroot and it looks as if he's um, he's even been in Lanzarote for a fortnight. (laughs) He looks like a Scottish guy in Lanzarote. That's what it looks like. Um, So I didn't know this, but there was ringside doctors who had to clear him. See when he was in that pod, Ah, he needed to get cleared to wrestle because of that. that. Yeah, because that burn. Um, You see him. He is furious. I mean, yeah. you can see that. But it, it's also an adrenaline thing as well. You know, it is. Like, fuck, fuck, you know, fuck. Yes. Like, obviously, he's trying to play, he's trying to keep his character. He's yes. running a match. You know, all the cameras and lights are on him, and he's like, fucking just getting doused. You yes. Know? I think um, the, the commentator's done a great job here. They were saying how. Uh, eager taker was to get in and defend his. Yeah. Like, I mean, they've done, they done the best they could. Obviously, um, you've seen um, Jericho. And he's pod. He knew something was wrong. Yeah, I've seen a first fate. Mysterio as well. You can Mysterio see seen it as well. They knew something had happened. Um, yeah. So this, as the story goes, um, Taker after the match was in the locker room, obviously getting treatment. And in t- in typical, you can just imagine this in typical Taker st- uh, fashion. He's um, he's basically saying to I don't know the producer or whoever, I don't care who it was. I don't Make care. Sure what, no fucking I don't care what happened. <laughs> Make sure he's not here tomorrow. Yeah, that guy was out the building before that main event finished. Yeah, I was going to say he, he literally got thrown out. Um, yeah, and, and sacked on the spot. Um, yeah. So, as you can see it in the first ten minutes, like uh, takers just get like a um, an inventory of water bottles, and he's yeah, keep handing them out because he's trying to douse his chest off camera. 
what a hard bastard he is, yeah. man. Holy moly, he is a hard guy. Second degree burns, and he stays in a cage for 20 minutes and then comes out and wrestles for another 10 minutes. I was going to say, see if he was wrestling, he'd maybe be able to shake it a wee bit, you know, in yes. terms of the, you know, adrenaline would get pumping, he'd yes, maybe stop. But exactly. see, you're standing there for 20 minutes. Yeah, and you're warming down and then your chest is getting hot. As you're cooling down, your burns are getting hot. Yeah. Um, my goodness me. That's uh, what a horrible incident. Yeah. Um, then Punk comes out. <clears throat> I think right, this is my favourite version of Punk. Like as good as uh, the Summer of Punk was, this is this is prime Punk. Prime dick Punk. Straight edge society. I'm straight edge and I'm better than you. It's the stuff that they've done in the Indies. Fucking brilliant. Best promo man in the world at this time. Yeah, with Jimmy Gallows and Serena. Oh, I love them. Love the henchmen. Uh, I love yeah. Serena's look at the the shaven head. Yeah. Um, obviously, to get rid of the impurities in your hair from alcohol and drugs. Fantastic. Oh, brown stuff. Um, I loved how the camera kept cutting to take. <laughs> and uh, he was just like, fucking got on me a promo, mate. I'm yeah. literally burning. <laughs> he's looking at him and he's like, fucking move. <laughs> and this, I'm sort of mouth, that ventriloquism comes yep. in handy, you know. And this <laughs> doubled when our truth came out and they started rapping. Like, uh, oh, for fuck's sake. I was surprised I just smashed the glass and came out there and then like, Amazing. I made one Sunday. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, fuck me, our truth hasn't aged since 2010. And he looks, he looks the same <laughs> here as he did in 2020. Holy, he has got the best genes in the world. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, we also, I um, also also noted here, obviously, about the punk thing. Do you think it's sort of similar? And I, I don't mean it to be too similar, but to what uh, Seth Rollins is doing now. Yes. Yeah, very much the Messiah. And uh, the, Seth Rollins is doing a very very watered down version. Definitely. Of society. Definitely. This kind of a Jesus figure and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just just because it, it does a promo in the middle of the match as well. Um oh, and that's where that's yes. where I noticed it. I thought it's very similar. See when he done um, his um put your hand on the T V and film it. It's um yeah. so if you've seen his documentary that WWE produced, uh, Best in the World, it talks about this and it's basically based on you know, like the kind of American evangelical churches. They've got the they, they run like the late ah. night infomercials during the night. It's like the you know, it's like the the four o'clock yeah, in, come in drunk TV you put on, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's just it's the last show before the the kind of uh, audio, um, the, the sign language. Uh, ah, you know right, for I mean? the sign language ever. Yeah, <laughs> get to bed. Um, so he tells the story. This one guy that used to do that. He's like, oh, yeah, put your put your hand on the screen and feel my power. Put your hand in the TV and feel my power. Can I mm. uh, lift it directly from that? Love the strange society. Yeah. So we get Punk and Truth, they start the match. And, oh, there was, uh, there was actually a wrestling match in there. Yeah, there was. I will just, just move on. <laughs> uh, I like this show, though, and it's quite bizarre to think that 2010, obviously, the wrestling wasn't great, so there's was actually, no. you know, the characters and storylines mm-hmm. are really indulging, and yeah. nowadays, you know, totally different from that, yeah. so 10 years on, it's totally, totally changed. Um, I'm, I'm not really going to say much, apart from Punk eliminates Truth via GTS. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 3.34, Punk gets the GTS uh, victory over Truth, eliminates him, and then he just cuts a promo. And um, you can see how red Taker's chest is getting now. Yeah, it's uh, it's bad. brutal. It's Absolutely bad. brutal. Um, you know the, 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 the people did say you know just a really bad sunburn, but mm-hmm. it's like instant sunburn. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it could have been a lot worse. You know, I think I've said could that it could have been a hell of a lot it worse. Really, really could have been. Um, so who's in next? We get. Oh. Um, well, in fairness, he comes in and then he gets swung into the cage, which I thought was yeah. amazing. Oh yeah, you've been you've been pumped for that. Um, so we get Rey Mysterio on next. You know, um, in fairness, the two of them is got, they've got really good chemistry in the ring. I think uh, Mysterio and Punk. Yeah, I think they um, 
the same for me, you like about Mysterio, well. but it, it always picks up the pace. You know, like it, it always keeps keeps the pace high. But I, 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 I wish I counted the amount of Hurricane Man the attempts in this match because mm. he's fucking shit. Yeah, that's all he's got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> who's in next? <laughs> uh, so, we, so I think we got Anise. Um, that one was in the chamber. Was sort of the reversal of the Hurricane Man, which is really really nice. Mm. Um, and he throws Ray through the post and into the glass, um, sort of head first at the, the chamber pod, which was really, really nice. Yeah. Um, and then I think we get another attempt at Oregon one off the top, typically. Mm, sure. <laughs> um, so we, we get a 1-2-3 we get from Ray after he hits a splash off the top and Punk's eliminated as well. So you can see it's totally the opposite from the first match. So we've got the first match, bring the, all the guys in and they start eliminating them. This match is elimination. This is one-on-one. One one. Yeah. Um, I know you made a Punk went out so early. Um because he was the most intriguing thing in the match, in my opinion. Yeah, but that's fine, because story-wise, that sets up Ray and Punk for their main match. Punk's getting any business in the, the kind of Jericho and Taker altercation. Yeah. Which was odd that Morrison lasted so long. So, so we'll get to that. I think, I think so Jericho comes in next, and him and Ray obviously have a bit of back and forth. I think, was this before or after the, the, the mask thing that they had? I think it might have been after. Because um, obviously they had a really good feud where Jericho kept stealing Ray's mask and yeah, stuff like that, yeah. um, which was run about this time. Um, so, but uh, I think these two just sort of have a lot of back and forth, don't they? Yeah, um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's some nice exchanges, a uh, few good spots. Again, they go way back to WCW, so they've got the chemistry together. Um, yeah. On a few spots in the steel, looks um, looks pretty horrendous at times. Obviously, yeah. you touched that in the first match; the bumps look uh, pretty bad. Yeah, um, um, and then Morrison comes in after that, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Um, he eliminates Ray with the yeah. Start. We get this sort of weird thing with Jericho's got the got the, the walls of Jericho in, and then mm-hmm. it goes to the bell, it goes to the counter, and then Morrison comes in and he lets go. And like, I'd be just be keeping it in and make, seeing if Morrison will stay away because, like, you know, it's elimination. Yeah, so it's elimination. <sighs> but the fact that Jericho releases it and Morrison doesn't break it up, I'll yeah. give him a point for that because if Morrison had broke it up, I'd have been living. Exactly. <laughs> Psychology. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just it's the problem with multi-man matches. It's always just a wee bit of clusterfuck. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Morrison rallies. Um, we get a nice kick on Rey Mysterio to the head, which is really nice. Yes. Comes to the springboard thing. Um, looked a million bucks. Um, and then Morrison takes both men out on the outside with a double clothesline. Um, we get a standing a standing moonsault for a two on Rey in the ring. Um, and we get that nice backbreaker from Y2J. Um, always like sort of you know sort of tilt overall backbreakers. Yeah, yeah. Love them. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Gunn always had a good one. Um, <laughs> fucking. <laughs> it's the only thing I'll ever say about Billy Gunn is good. <laughs> um, so uh, Morrison stays on the top rope um, when Ray attempts a uh, Hurricane Rana and, and sort of lets him flop and he has a Starship paint eliminating Ray Mysterio for the one, two, three. Um, do you think this was them testing the waters with Morrison? Yeah, definitely. In terms of whether he's a main event talent or a mid-card talent? Because they give him a really good rub here. In that regard, no. I think they're uh, testing to see how many spots he can do in the chamber. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. And yeah, that's re- there was a really, really awkward moment. Well, when Taker came in, it was like <laughs> Taker went for the last ride. I'm kind of I know I'm skipping my head here, but it's yeah. the only thing that kind of comes to mind. Taker goes for the last ride, and Morrison um, obviously kind of hangs onto the cage. 
but then he stays on the cage has taken Jericho to have a wee scuffle yep. and then eventually kind of leaps. I just find it very, very weird. And yeah, very, the camera very missed mis- it as well. It was very mistimed. Uh, it was messy, very messy. Yeah. They, never, they never let sort of take a rest. Like, you know, when Taker, so Taker gets pushed out in the pod and mm-hmm. they don't allow enough time in between for the yeah. camera to dwell on that and then cut to them so they can do the spot. They just mm-hmm. do the spot straight away. So the camera's on Taker and you see the camera actually swing round to try and catch the, the leap. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I did like um, obviously when Taker came in I liked how Jericho was hiding in the pod yeah Taker broke the fucking door did you see that yeah the refuse had to hold the door they broke, and, <laughs> and, broke uh, it. and then he fucking he held Morrison's face up into the glass just to say Haha, you're next Jericho yeah. you're getting this it was really really nice mm-hmm. It's very much a Brazos thing. Um... Yeah. Oh, well. What are you doing your own time, mate? You, know, you, can put, you can put the Brazos logo on that image. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> um, so, uh, take a show. Uh, I guess it's a big choke slam on Morrison. They would say he don't have the steel mm-hmm. as well, which looked pretty good. Um, and then he sort of rolls him back in and does his sort of pinfall for the three, uh, yeah. bringing the arms across. And we get Taker and Jericho at the end. Um, Jericho rather stupidly starts slapping Undertaker. Um, one point as well, but I just love when he does, you know, Taker does that when he flicks the hair back and he just yeah. stares at you. You think, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, um, looks as if it would genuinely, you know, it's kind of thing if it was your dad yeah. <laughs> and he's looked at you like that, you knew you were it's, it's, Yeah, it's intimidation there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we also got a big superplex off the top from, from Y2J um, on a Taker, which he takes well. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a big guy, he's, you know, yeah. going up there, just what, 6'10, six, 6'11. Six, six, uh, we get we get a, a, a I think it's the it goes for the choke slam which Jericho rolls into a pinfall and then into a rolls to Jericho. Yeah. I think it's counted into a Hell's Gate. Um, it's a horrible yeah. submission. It is. Yeah, it's it's basically a triangle choke kind of backwards. He's basically holding the guy's throat in his angle, which uh, it's not bad. Mm. Um, but Jericho, I mean, the master of psychology, he goes for the ropes, but he uses the ropes to get himself out of the ring because yes. he knows rope breaks aren't a thing. Yeah. Oh, he's just he's. He and the commentators say it at that point, mm-hmm. but they didn't say it in the he first did. match. They did not. It's like oh, fucking. It's because it's because it, <laughs> it wasn't relevant to the plot. Yeah. Um, did you notice that Jericho? He was trying his best to avoid hitting Taker in the chest. What a pro! Yeah. But he he knows he knew someone was up. See, has imagine somebody had chopped him. Oh just my imagine. god! See oh, Jericho right. His awareness is unmatchable. See, he see as soon as anything goes wrong in that ring, he knows about it instantly. Yeah. And the Neville I, match rings a bell. Well, we talked about that last week as well. Yeah. It's, it's, he knew immediately something was wrong. He just and, uh, what my favorite as well is the, the story with Bubba Dudley. Um, yeah. So they had yeah. the fatal four way mm-hmm. tag mm-hmm. ladder match. So it was eight yeah. guys, and he got concussed early on. And yeah. I watched it back recently, and I was actually looking at it, and you could see Jericho right. So what he done was he rolled it into the ring. And then Bubba had a few spots, so he's mm-hmm. bellowing at Bubba the spots. So Bubba's taking the spots, and then you just see him go, "Okay, roll out!" And Bubba rolls out, and Jericho rolls out. So he's not involved in the match anymore, but he was in there guiding him through it, practically holding his hand. Um, it was phenomenal, and you know, just stuff like that when they catch on to that, and they're like, "Okay, we need to do this and that." He's, he's fantastic, an absolute pro when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, so we get his professionalism. Sorry. <clears throat> sorry, his professionalism is just unmatchable. It's yeah, just, mm, he's he's good. So we get the finish now. Taker hits the, the last stride, but can't quite get the cover. Um, both guys are, are tired out, um, and it sort of signals the end now. But Taker gets up, does his throat slit, mm-hmm. and the self lower uh, the chamber floor gets lifted out, and Shawn Michaels comes out. Um, crowd are like, oh, you know, pop time, and uh, Michaels comes in, sweet chin music to Taker, um, and Jericho steals a win for the one, two, three. Uh, so Jericho is the new world heavyweight champion, and Taker's been screwed by Shawn Michaels. Um, 
and Michael just stares at Taker for the whole time. Yeah. <clears throat> it was fantastic. So just... this this match had nothing to do with the world title. This no. match was all about this end segment because obviously uh, HBK is obsessed with getting a rematch against Taker at Mena because he came so close last year to break the streak. Yeah. Um, and the only way he could get his rematch was winning the Rumble and going on to face Taker at Mania. It was the current champion. He kind of fell a wee bit short and he just became obsessed and started attacking officials backstage, all that kind of stuff. And then eventually gets his chance here. He costs Taker the belt to set up the match at Mania. Yes. Storyline, love it. Yeah. Um, so, first off, the match. Good smashing, match. smashing match. Um, so much set up for Mania inside that good spots, really, really good spots. Obviously, they could make use of destroying the pods. They um, obviously wouldn't be able to do that in the first match because you need them for the second. Definitely. Um, as you said, give Morrison a rub, um, which he kind of needed. It was pretty much bland babyface at this time. They can do athletic moves, sets up one of the best main event matches in Mania history. Yeah. Sean Michaels. Yeah, uh, delighted with this match. Yourself? Yeah, loved it. Yeah, very, very good. Um, storytelling was phenomenal. Um, and, you know, as you say, from those early eliminations as well, got rid of the truth, we don't need them. Got rid of Punk because he's going to go in a food with Ray, so Ray getting the win over that is going to make sense. Um, and then, obviously, the Jericho take, I think, was very, very intriguing. But, obviously, Jericho stealing the win, keeps his heat on. Michael's coming out, sets up the match between, um, obviously, those two mania. Perfect, you know, but more can you ask for? Well, there was one thing I could critique about the, the ending that as soon as Jericho get the pinfall, you never ever seen him with the belt. He just rolled away and the camera never lost focus on Michael Steger. Yeah, it took it away a wee bit, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. You could have had him up in the ramp at mm-hmm. least, you know, sort of show, um, clutching show, the title. Show the champion with the belt. Fuck yeah. you know what I mean? So so the aftermath sort of we, we had into WrestleMania twenty six. Um Triple H faces Sheamus we spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. Mysterio and Punk, we get um Brett versus Vince. Yeah. Um match we, of the night. We get uh, Orton Orton over legacy. So, uh, yeah, we get the, the legacy triple threat. Uh, as you said, Showmiz will take on Morrison and Truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jericho and Edge for the world title. So, Edge obviously picks Jericho because Batista takes on John Cena. So, it sort of levels itself out. Uh, it's not a WrestleMania I really remember watching. but um... I remember watching this one live. And as soon as the Bret Hart match came on, I turned it off. Yeah. Um, I, I have watched Edgar Michaels. Um, match because it's one of those matches you would go and watch on its own because yeah. it's, it's a masterclass um, but uh, this, this was probably one of the better B pay-per-views in, that I yeah. remember in terms of being a B show it was incredible yeah um, what's your grade? Uh, I gave it a solid B plus as did um, I <laughs> yeah I thought you might so the two chamber matches were, were good I mean they were excellent really yeah. um, the, the, well, the second match was much better than the first yeah. MVP Miz was it was probably better than average. Um, it could have been a TV match, um, but there was a regal segment which uh, elevated the show. Boosted the numbers, yeah. yeah. I think I think the three three matches in the middle. Obviously, one was okay, two were pretty poor. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 first match and the the last match really lifted the show and and made yeah. it worthwhile. Um, in my, in my opinion, but. I would say that also having one at the start and one at the end is a really good balance. So Definitely. you get a boom and then you get a sort of wind down period and then you're ready for the main event. Yes. Um, so it, it made total sense. It was only a two and a half hour show as well. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, really good. Yeah, yeah, it was like a three match toilet break in the middle of the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I think the, the chemistry, the, the commentators also elevated the show for me as well. Well, you know, I, I'd agree to a certain extent. I, I do think, obviously, 
the sandbagging of, of, of striker annoyed me at times. Mm. Um, you know, when he would ask a question, but Jer- Jerry Lawler does that now. Yeah, you know, yeah. when he gets asked a question on commentary, he just jumps to something else, whatever he wants it's to say. It's because he doesn't know the answer because he's fucking stupid. Yeah, it's like you know, or you know, it was when um, I think it was like, it was down to the last two triple H and Cena, and he was like, "Okay, okay, King, who's going to win this one?" He says, "Oh, well, I'll tell you what, I do know. It's not going to be Sheamus." And it's like, "No, answer the fucking question." Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. oh um, so this was very, very good, and we'll see how it stands up to the, the, the next week, uh, next week's show, uh, which is going to be Elimination Chamber 2020. Um, yep. Obviously, we don't know an awful lot of matches at the minute um, at the time of recording. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so we'll see where it goes. We know there is going to be a Raw Women's Championship match inside the chamber. Um, so that will be interesting. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Well, sorry, it's number one contenders, I think. Is it? Yeah. I don't think Becky's in the match. Um, I no. think it's a number one contender match. Um, no, it can't. No, it's for the. No, it can't be because the. That's decided, is it not? Is it not? Oh, it's for not. Mania. Ah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, for it's um, yeah. Charlotte and uh, Rhea Ripley that's already yeah. set. You're absolutely spot on. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what that card brings, but we'll do that. We'll do that one next week, um, and then we'll see who wins predictions on that. <laughs> yeah. So, predict- yeah, we can't really do. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's only one match set at time yeah. recording, and it is the the Raw Women's Championship match number one contender, which is my favourite Asuka. Uh, Liv Morgan, Natty Naiha, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, and Sheena Baszler. Yes. I mean, there's potentially two winners there, and it's obviously there, there's the... one. Yeah, there there is two. <laughs> there's two for you. There's one for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll do a prediction for that one, and we'll, 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 we'll do that episode for next week's show. Um, and then the one of that one, I believe, we'll pick the shows right up until WrestleMania so thirty-six in April. Be right up to me because that's the next. Um, yep, that's the next pay-per-view after this. Yeah. Um, we're not doing Super Showdown because it's a waste of time. Um, <laughs> uh, well, it's a house show. Let's build yeah, it. yeah. So um, we're going to do um, WWE Live in Albany, so we ain't doing that. Um, but we will definitely speak about Goldberg beating the Fiend for the belt at Saudi Show. Mark- <laughs> <laughs> I feel that this 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 show is actually going out after it, isn't it? So we could we can say I can't believe I can't believe Goldberg beat him. I can't, or, I, can't, or, I can't believe the fiend retained. Oh great! <laughs> this is Ed, great kind of shows. What we'll do is I'll just edit this after the show. You, you edit, edit the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on, pal. That was a really nice surprise. That show. I think I think you'll agree with me on that. Uh, um, definitely, definitely. And we'll see what the 2020 Elimination Chamber show brings um, next week. So, thanks for joining us, um, and we'll be back next week. Elimination Chamber. Join us in. Thank you. I've got to take- you